0: You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Coopra.
1: Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adult men try their best not to make fools of themselves in modern hip society by keeping up with the times through pop culture with the help of a savvy young woman. We've just returned from a summer break and on this start of our new season at RPS, we shall look back at some of the things that have happened over the summer that we'd like to address. Arctic Monkeys have returned, Harry Styles might have spat on fellow cast member of Olivia Wilde's new movie, Photo Dumps. Can they save Instagram or is it another annoying trend for people to brag about how amazing or interesting they want to make us think they are? Sexy music, What's our, what are your favorite songs to get it on? Apparently some people think Hudson Mohawk makes music that's good to get into motion with. While well, a lot disagree, I can <laughs> tell you what's a fringe sexual paraphilic trend: cannibalism. But Army Hammer thought it was okay to terrify the crap out of his crushes, insisting on satiating his appetite with more than his career can actually cure. <laughs> um, quite a few things to discuss, as Army himself would probably suggest. Let's start chewing the fat. <sighs> a great banger to start our first weekly proper weekly review of the season and uh, what a great way to announce that we are actually on real radio on fm we've got an fm signal 100.5 fm 100.5 fm FM, FM. doesn't it keep it locked
2: yeah it 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 feels actually real
1: and is it is it uh, i think your cable your microphone is not cabled ben i don't see a cable on that mic stand well. Come on, you've been doing this for a while, get, get, get with it! <laughs> come on technicians
2: okay we here, have I'm silenced gonna... a man so maybe that's yeah. a win yeah. for a
1: Mara don't start inside I know you're, you're, you're what do you call it when, when you put a virus in to, to disrupt the system yeah from I, I took the cable out <laughs> to silence <Wow>. men <laughs> of all people <laughs> damn it no um, so what a great way to do you <laughs> on proper radio FM signal even though it's mainly for people in living in the metropolitan area of Barcelona but you know you can also listen to us all over the world on our trusty app, uh, Radio Primavera Sound app, or on streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, iVox. Um, there's so many that are, Mixcloud. They're all over the place. There, Mar, how's your summer been?
2: Um, it's been great. I actually now forgot all about it because it's been <laughs> two weeks already, and now I feel like, what was summer? I I didn't get that. I I was I was not there. It's like it was another person. I feel like I need summer holidays again because i already feel like i'm so into the routine again
1: did you did you properly properly disc- disconnect from like yeah. work and you didn't think apparently,
2: about it apparently i disconnected that much that it feels like a different person was on vacation wow. and now i'm the work person so i changed like human humans and now yeah, I, yeah. I cannot like really think about it's like no it was just another character maybe I have mental illness or something and I have personality disorder or something but it feels like it was either another person or a long, long time ago.
1: Severance. It's like that, se- yeah, that yeah, TV yeah, show exactly, Severance.
2: Exactly. There's yeah.
1: Mar that goes on holiday and there's Mar at work and there's to- two different yep. consciousnesses. Consciousnesses. <laughs> uh, ben, how. You'll never what? silence uh, <laughs>
2: straight
0: white men. No way. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were, we're,
2: we're divided. Back Ryan.
0: at it. Um, <laughs> back with a vengeance. <laughs> exactly. A exactly. Can I say something about the, the song that we were just listening to? Yes. Right. That was the uh, number one song. Song in the UK this summer, it got to number one. And when did we first hear of it? TikTok. No, oh. shut up, TikTok. Well, all right. When did you hear of it on TikTok? On
2: TikTok, it's like very viral. Yeah, on but TikTok. as of
0: when? As of when?
2: Uh, I don't know. Like recently, maybe. Maybe the person that was on summer holidays that it wasn't me, so we heard it first on.
0: Well, Gina, you know, I know where you first heard about this song, Mark, because okay. I was there with you. And you, do you remember when we interviewed Jordan? Yeah. And we asked Jordan what the song of the summer was she going to be. She yeah. um, said this one. Yeah,
2: they
1: said this
0: one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and here it is. So that was you want, when you
1: interviewed Jordan at Primavera Sound. Yeah, yeah, me, and mom, me, and mom. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Ah.
1: And uh, so yeah, you want to know the the song of the summer? So you got you got a you got a uh, what do you call it? Like what, what do you say when you get a tip off? A tip off. You could have put some bets on it. This song is going to be number one, and it did. You could they have probably hundred
2: percent correct because I've heard this everywhere.
0: Exactly, exactly. And isn't it, isn't it a banger? And I was in the UK for a bit, so that this sort of counts, well, I
1: think. Well, be- because I feel that I'm hearing it for the first time, I'm not sick of this song of the summer. Like, look, if I hear Despecha one more time, <laughs> I'm going to jump in front of a bus. I was really happy when it came out. Did you like it? Did, yeah, I mean, you... yeah, yeah. I what that. a question. What a question. <laughs> and yet you liked it yeah. at first, but do you still like it? Yes. Okay, clip, clip it,
2: clip it, clip it, clip it. Okay. Put him on
1: TikTok Put so he gets the hatred. No. Clip it, clip it. I, yes. I, I, Johan, I, you're gonna suffer. I am a Rosalia lover. I know you're a defender. I have been in so many Doesn't fights defending like. her and like writing paragraphs and like university level essays on why she is deserves to be where she is. But uh, and and it's cool that we had a song of the summer because it feels like years since we had. A song that was the song of the summer, like it used to happen years ago. But this, this, before you, the song, a song of the summer you'd hear on radio when you'd go to a supermarket or enter into a bar during the day, they'd play the song on, on TV. But now, every time you switch your phone on, I guess it's my problem for scrolling too much. Every time you're scrolling and people just making their little cho- silly choreographies or some having their little moment with a, dun, 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 yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, I can't, I can't deal with I it have anymore. proof. Physical proof that this was the song of the
0: summer. Because the last thing I did in my summer holidays went to a campsite. Oh. And uh, there was a mini disco. Like yeah. a disco for, for sort of For underage kids. Exactly. What do you well, call
1: those? Session light, they used to call them in Spanish. Well, like, mini <laughs> mini disco is a good yeah, well, thing. Uh-huh. Any,
0: anyway, it was I took along my kids and even though they, they were sort of they even they were too old for it at eight and nine, quite frankly, because it was brilliant. <laughs> there was like this dinosaur <laughs> dancing on stage. Uh, anyway, they they uh did, sang well no they didn't sing they danced on chat and that is the sound of the song of the summer like you know they <laughs> like you might say all right it was Beyonce or whatever no 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 there was one song that danced <laughs> that dinosaur was dancing to it, and it was <laughs> so
1: that's proof yeah it's and it's yeah uh, even when, when I when when some of our, when we all went to see Rosalía play live in Barcelona I think Despechado which hadn't even officially been out yet got more of a reception than Malamente which was her breakthrough, breakthrough single, single years ago, no? Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah. Well,
0: I think, uh, didn't, we, uh, didn't we say... Because we reviewed that, that gig at uh, length, actually. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. spent about an hour talking about it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think one, one of the things we said was like that, that with Desperate Chat, I felt like people were like not just cheering the song, they were cheering like the fact that they knew the song, if you see. It was almost a bit like cheering themselves as an audience. Mm. Hmm. oh and have you seen the new version of uh, Motomami has yeah. a song yeah. recorded live yeah. At- yeah. Yeah. San Jordi. I
2: wonder which one of the two days was I w- I'm like I bet it's Sunday it was better no on no Sunday. no Saturday <laughs> was definitely better I, look I've told
0: my kids it's Saturday That was so are you going to break their hearts I mean you know <laughs> that's what you want
2: <laughs> I, I will ask Rosalia herself I yeah. will DM her Please let me know. I need to know it was Sunday, not Saturday. Go
1: and knock on her door. She's only mm. like 45 minutes away in Manresa. Well, I don't mm. know if she's there right now, but um, Manresa, she's, not. she's in South America, isn't she? She's, on, yeah, she's still she's on, on the Motomami tour. Moto Mami tour. Yeah.
0: If we're looking for a place this the summer, Manresa, because not only has Rosalia bought a house there,
1: but Shakira has filmed a video yeah. there well Shakira might not be out of prison for too long (laughs) (laughs) Johan I do wish her all the best I hope she settles and pays whatever she owes and stuff and then you know she spends no time in the shade she doesn't deserve that Um, (laughs) well I mean You know, people who cheat taxes, you know, they they should all be accountable for. Anyway, this is a garden that I don't know why I'm getting into. (laughs) It's quite Um, good, Johanna, on tax policy. Pay your taxes. I pay them, damn it. I'm sick of paying taxes and and seeing that, you know, things, you know, there's still roads that I haven't been finished building and stuff like that. Uh, Here in the where we are in Glorious, it's like, why? Why is everything still under construction? You know, anyway. Um, Another song that was...
0: It's because there's a 9 million uh, euro hole in the budget, thanks to a certain singer.
1: Oh, um,
0: allegedly. 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 allegedly.
1: <laughs> uh, another song that was very ubiquitous, uh, which I was so, totally on board for, and I kind of play as well, but now it's like, I think it's overdone, is Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill.
2: Mm-hmm. I've seen today um, a clip of Rita Ora, you know, mm-hmm. like the singer, yeah. on Rockin' Rio, which is happening now, I think. Um, and she's um, like covering the song, and it's... <laughs> She's just doing her thing. I I will send it to you later, but I, she's just completely making up notes as as she goes like she's just singing the lyrics but doing it completely different and the confidence she has I'm not gonna say it's bad because she has good vocals, but I don't think it was giving what she thought it was giving, mm. and it's so funny to see that all the love for Rita Ora, but it's so funny to see how she was n- not like well seeing advised. how it uh, how it was playing <laughs> out, and and she was uh, super cocky like you're welcome, I'm I'm singing running up running up the hill, but in my own way, but... It, m- it didn't work that way. It's good way. to
0: see we've come back full of love, haven't we, yeah. already? <laughs> Rosalia, <laughs> Shakira, Rita Ora. But I thought, for me, the absolute height of Running Up That Hill was um, when DJ Coco played it. You remember uh, yeah. his, his closing set? That was that Yes. Was probably, I think no, it was,
1: he opened his yeah. set. He opened his set with it. By the way, shout out to DJ Coco, because his remix of uh, Rosalia's Biscotito is very paying. Uh He made it for the, the prima, his Primavera Sound closing set. I don't think he actually played it, though. I don't remember Rosalia but I don't know it was so much excitement. I do remember he played Harry Styles uh as it was as a closing song before he put the his his classic song that he always plays which is Journey's Don't Stop Believing but he he finished the set with uh, as it was left a little pause and then did an encore. Uh just let's just get it out of the way. Did Harry Styles spit on on? I mean, Mar, is there anything? Is there any layer beneath it, or is that is it over and done with? Are we done with this? Story? I think
2: we should like move on from the narrative. Unless something else happens, then I'm all on board again. But yeah, the last thing we know is Harry Styles totally, totally 100. percent It has nothing to do with, um Chris Pine sunglasses being lost in his seat, that's not real. The real thing is Harry spitting on Chris because if we can choose fantasy, we should always choose fantasy. And it's so much funner and so much entertaining than reality. Okay, he had his sunglasses and he thought he lost it and then he saw them in his lap, so that's why he changed facial expressions. Boring! Harry Styles spat on him and he got so surprised he changed his facial expressions totally on board. Like know, I would rather think that's the truth and not the other one. Do you know what I've I've I
0: thought that the, the the we one of one of the people things people have been saying about this is it's all just you know marketing. It's all together people talking about the film, and I literally can't remember what the, co- the film was called, and I've got no desire. Don't
2: worry, darling, uh, which is the it. irony of but it all. Uh, is anyone going to go and see it though? Because it's just I like, think I it feel, is. I, I think it's going to be massive on like cinemas because yeah, maybe it's not a good movie, but the way we're so invested. On it, like regardless whatever the plot is and stuff. Like I feel like we've talked about it so much. People will have the need to go see it and then talk shit about it later. Like, but it's going to make numbers on cinemas, and that's maybe the whole thing. Like maybe it was all thought out. Like we're gonna do like another movie after the movie, like a real life movie. Like the they're acting maybe now too. I don't know. It would be
0: much like. Didn't we talk about Kanye and uh, weren't we talking about that, that it all being an act? Kanye and his Julia sk- Fox, yeah, yeah. Weren't we saying that that was all like, yeah, weirdly like, constructed? No, yeah, but well, but because a she's lot a lot bit of, of VR, a performance artist, yeah. that's
1: the, the, the lines are a bit blurry there. I have seen the trailer to the movie, mm-hmm. it looks fantastic. I mean, visually, it looks very stunning and very fashionable. Everyone looks super handsome, and there's like this kind of dark, sinister a uh, thing that you don't exactly know what it's about but i'm imagining something a bit like was it the stepford wives or the one where they're all kind of uh, mm, yeah, robot robot yeah. women or something and uh, like you know you've got this perfect this seemingly perfect american suburban society but there's all this darkness underneath um, and uh, Olivia Wilde as a, as a filmmaker, I rate her a lot. I really liked book, bookish. Was it book smart? Book smart with oh, Beanie Feldstein. Yeah, that, that was very great because uh, it was cool to see like a, a you know a, a, a teenage high school movie told from the vision of like the two school nerds, the two class nerds who have all these um, you know who are also coming of age and stuff. It's something that I hadn't seen before. I mean, Clueless. Amy Heckerling's Clueless could kind of be a, 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 a cousin to the kind of, you know, the high school experience seen through the teenage girls. Mean Girls, obviously, a Tina Fey's masterpiece. Um, I'm looking forward to it also because of Florence Pugh. She's a, mm-hmm. she's a, she's a, she's so, she's lightning every time she's on screen. Like everything she's in. She graces even like Black Widow, which, uh, but uh, Little Women. She blows all the other great, all the other actresses, which are you know. She she even blows Saoirse Ronan off screen, Mm -hmm. and um, Midsummer, Midsummer, Midsummer. I mean, I I was totally like invested in Florence Pugh from Midsummer. I went, I went to see. I
0: tell you, I love Midsummer, but it has ruined so many things because I went (laughs) to see, like, I went to see. You know, it was the Diada the other day, yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. which for anyone. who doesn't know is Catalonia's national day, and so they have lots of like traditional dances and kind of things. So they yeah. were having the traditional like stick dance, and I was watching them, and I was thinking, "Oh my god, they're about to you
2: know." <laughs> I, I, that's I the film. you know, they're
0: about to murder people basically, <laughs> like because it really does give off that vibe. You cannot see like anything.
1: <laughs> Like folkloric, and yeah. you know, sort of these folkloric dances. And, and if I see people with uh, crowns of flowers, now I get a bit scared. Like an <laughs> <"They're gonna laughs> act.
0: yeah, th- that was a visual
1: spoiler. Cynogenics <laughs> uh, in my tea and, and put me in a bear suit and set me on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. Um, but I, th- you, this, the thing about when, when Hollywood puts a pop star in a movie to try and get the pop star's fans into the cinema because that's always like Hollywood is always obsessed with getting the teenagers into the cinema, and and making the teenagers watch the Oscars by having Billie Eilish perform. And it won't be long before we see Billie Eilish in a movie uh, because of this. But uh, Harry Styles also uh, debuted uh, the another film called My Policeman, which has got very. I haven't I haven't seen very positive reviews overall, not just his acting, but you know he apparently he does what he can. But he's he's obviously incredibly handsome. The camera loves him and he has a special charisma, but apparently his acting is still a little bit shaky. Um but I I'm I'm still on board. Like I'm 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 also becoming a little bit enchanted with Harry Styles all over the place. Stick that on the poster. Johan Wold, he does what he can. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the title of my biography. He did what he could. <laughs> um, so we, uh, what? What have I got here in my notes? Um,
0: you want to talk about Phoenix,
1: don't you? Oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. I'm very excited about Phoenix, but, um, uh, for, well, can I talk about Phoenix before? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Phoenix because of this new song tonight featuring Ezra Koenig. Right. Okay. I'm excited about Phoenix first of all because they're one of my favorite bands. I enjoyed them very much live at Primavera Sound. It was my favorite gig of the f- of the two weeks, and uh, uh, I love this this pairing of of Phoenix with Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend. First of all, it's the first song which features. Uh, a, 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 an external collab, a collaborator, not you know, not counting Philippe Star in the studio and stuff. It actually, you know, Phoenix have never done a duet with other people uh, that they've released, even though they have collaborated with other people. Uh, so I love this because I'm always obsessed with the social connection between Versailles' finest, all these cool kids like Phoenix, Daft Punk, and Air. They're all buddies. Thomas is known as also known as Sofia Kapala's Husband. Mm-hmm. She always employs the band for her soundtrack since Lost in Translation, as well as air for Virgin Suicides, which Mars sang Playground Love on under the alias Gordon Tracks. And the circle now gets tighter because Sophia Coppola's last movie was on the rocks, starring Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, daughter of Quincy, who happens to be married to Ezra Koenig. Ezra worked closely with Ariel Resh. am I pronouncing this? Reshheid. My, doing my best Hebrew pronunciation Reshaid who produces a lot of Heim ha- uh, records and Vampire Weekends music and Danielle Haim guested on their last record Father of the Bride so there's this awesome little private club of really cool Hollywood kids and Parisian bougie kids who I fantasize about having great taste in rosé wine and go on <laughs> holiday to places we, we never hear about in Traveler magazines these places which they keep secret in Mexico and God knows where and don't get me started on Sophia's cousin Jason Schwartzman who is also Thomas Mars best friend forever and all his association with the Wes Anderson universe I mean ah, I dream about these people I don't know why and all this uh, excitement because I finally got to see Licorice Pizza last night and I'm craving some days in Encino Valley can, in I,
0: can I Can I just slightly big us up as well because not only did we have the prediction of the song of the summer but who got the first news about the Phoenix album we, did we yeah that was it no one else. We had got all these exclusive. The fact that it was recorded in Versailles. The fact that in
2: in the Louvre,
1: in the Museum d'Art de Art Decoratif, uh, they had actually said it before somewhere. Uh, we got
2: the exclusive. <laughs> <Come> on, <laughs> we, I know, I
1: know, I know. I, I, but all of a sudden, I did read that they, it was sort of there somewhere. But nobody made a big deal out, uh, as big a deal out of it as we did, and and we didn't get the exclusive that Ezra Koenig would be featuring on the record. That kind of bummed me out that they didn't. Because we did ask them, like, who's, who's on the record? And they kind of said, well, you know, Thomas Bangalter came to the studio one day, but he's not officially credited as a producer, but he's a friend who gave some feedback. Um, anyway, I'm so excited uh, about you going to L.A., Ben. You're going to Primavera Sound, L.A. as our official RPS correspondent. Yes. I'm not but- going to ask for you to bring us any souvenirs, because I imagine you're probably going to be God knows where in some part of the town where they're doing the festival and... Um... I'm quite near Skid Row. Uh,
0: I, I've noticed, um, okay. which is uh, interesting. I don't really know LA to to, to be honest with you. I because it's, it's kind of town. You look at it on the map, you're like oh, I'm staying there. And you're like, well, what, what does that mean? I've got no idea. Literally, <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, oh, I'm not that far from Hollywood. I could just walk to Hollywood. And then you would like, oh no, that's about 18 miles or something. You know?
1: And the traffic is always a nightmare, either on freeways or the, the the normal roads that go from A to B. It's so it's it takes ages to get from. From one, from downtown to Sunset Boulevard, that kind of stuff.
0: But, but I am going to be calling in, well, sending audios with reviews and stuff. So,
1: so listen out, listen exciting. out, exciting. Well, let's listen to a song from one of the bands that are going to be headlining Primavera Sound LA's first edition on the last night, on the Sunday night. This is the new single from the Arctic Monkeys. I didn't realize I'd be getting that exci- that more excited <laughs> like I I I really want to see Arctic Monkeys perform even though they they apparently they haven't been performing that many that much of this New material that will be out in October, if I'm not mistaken, on their new album titled *The Car*. Um, they are sharing the bill with uh, Lord. She's headlining the first night, September 16th. September. Uh, the next night is headlined by Nine Inch Nails and Arctic Monkeys headline headline the closing night on Sunday. Uh, I love the timetables of this festival. It starts kind of at two oh. in the afternoon and finishes by 11 at night. That is the so. Sunday my finishes at 10 at night. Oh my. so like it's because i'm like sunday yeah people have to work the next day but it's like yeah yeah you'll be in bed by 12 midnight you know so yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. surely you mean i'll be speeding down hollywood boulevard with (laughs) guns and roses uh by uh midnight on on sunday you
1: have to live the life of a man alone in la at least one night you know just get lost in one of those dive bars in silver lake or something and I don't know, just let, let, let give in to the decadence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anyone you're excited to see, Ben, that you haven't seen from the uh, sign-up? Mitski.
2: <gasps> oh yeah,
1: that was one of the w- be. artists that everyone was really angry, even though everyone played Primavera Sound Barcelona. Mitski. Uh, Mitski you. did not. Uh, take
2: the mic off again (laughs) I (laughs) want to see Mitski so bad I should be the one seeing Mitski I mean it's it's a shame I'm also going
0: to see Pink Pantheras as well
2: I'm going home (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to LA actually
1: (laughs) there's a a lot of good stuff Um, I I miss Krangbin and it would be lovely to see them in LA, I don't know Georgia, I really want to see. Um, yeah, she was awesome. Oh, yeah, she's she's just released a remix album of hers. Uh, so that was stuff, a yeah. little while. Ago, oh, it's I been a while. Okay. Potentially. Okay. Because um, you spoke about it last yesterday on on the weekly daily.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh. I mean, there's there's so many things. Like there's a load. Do you know what? There's a load of things. Bands that played uh, in Barcelona, I didn't get to see. I really want to go and see. Like Kim Gordon, I didn't get to go and see. I really want mm. to see. Um. I. Who else? Like. Um dry cleaning who i love i could go and see dry. they've got a new song about tort- missing tortoise and it absolutely yeah. breaks my heart in two uh Amal and the sniffers who i'm also uh interviewing who are on at the same time as dry cleaning damn them um uh oh, Tim mike is going to be fabulous oh, they're on at the same time as james blake which is going to be a bit tricky but uh stereo lab of course stereo lab shy girl um oh, <laughs> But so many things. But if
1: you look at the program, it's like something that you, you can see a lot more than you could see at Barcelona. Because even though there are clashes, more or less, and I don't know how big the venue is going to be, but I get the sense that you will be able to see much more than what you could see at the Forum, given the dimensions and the, the, the distances between stages and all that. Um, let, let me run this past you, right? Opening day, 4.15,
0: Shy Girl. Five Pink Panthers, six fifteen Stereo Lab, eight fifteen Mitski.
1: That's, that's, that's that a Very nice afternoon. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm really. Yeah, one of the reasons I'm excited about um, the the Arctic Monkeys. So people who have seen them in a the few of the festival appearances that they've been performing at or recently. Uh, they said it as a critique, but I'm not actually against it. They said that it seems like we're now watching, rather than the Arctic Monkeys, you're watching Alex Turner and the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, it's like he's he's always been the, the front man of the band and he writes most of the lyrics and it's a group effort when it comes to the music, but Hotel uh, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino was mainly his concept and, and his lyrics and his vision and the others just, you know, did their best to keep up and, and play their parts. And uh, I... From what I've heard, you know, I love Richard Hawley as much as Alex Turner does. So I'm on board for him to pretend for him when he pretends to be Richard Hawley. I rather like that more than when he, they're pretending to be the Queens of the Stone Age, uh, which everyone loved. But I didn't think AM much of AM as much as of as a Tranquility Hotel Tranquility Base. I can never and, and Hotel and Casino. Hotel and Casino. What a title! I can <laughs> never.
0: It's a great title, but I can never remember. It yeah. It.
1: Um but uh so far what we have heard of their what what songs you can listen to on YouTube that haven't been re- released officially as uh, I ain't quite where I think I am which has this groovy funky mid tempo with wah wah guitar effects and some falsettos so Arctic Monkeys go funk which is cool and uh, that's where you're wrong which uh, sounds like an 80s new wave pop kind of banger that Billy Idol would have released in 1984 um but so yeah uh a lot of excitement to see where, if they play any more new music. Hang
0: on, that's where you're wrong. Isn't isn't you? That's from
1: Suck It and See. Oh, damn me! <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. I'm thinking. Why am I thinking? All right. Well, then I I read my I did I did very good research, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm <laughs> still a bit on ho- holiday I'm, uh, mood. severance. You know, part of me is still clashing with. <laughs> The Johan, Holiday Johan and, There's and two Johans Office inside Johann.
2: of you There's two fighting to come out
1: <laughs> Anyway, somewhat, something else that's going to come out soon Is a new album from Bjork Are these not just
0: excuses?
1: Bjork has actually put uploaded, Uh, you can already hear uh, podcasts of Bjork talking about her albums in depth of uh, post, no, hang on, debut, post, homogenic, and I imagine she's going to successively continue talking about all her other albums, but Obviously, those of us who are obsessed with her three first albums, who lived at that time, are very excited to be able to hear the artist talk in depth about her. Uh, the the podcasts
0: are really, really good. Obviously, I shouldn't be sending people to un-RPS <laughs> content, but they're, they're really good. I mean, like you know how how what how personal podcasts are, and having someone like speaking in in your uh, in yeah. your brain. Yeah. Uh, and Björk's got such a lovely voice, and it seems to me that her Icelandic uh, accent, well. You know, since she's no longer living in, in, in the UK, her Icelandic accent. She doesn't have that English.
1: full Cockney no, accent. It's no, it's really strong
0: Icelandic accent. No, it's so good. It's But so she
2: lost it or she's gained it back? What which? Icelandic accent. No,
0: it's stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. It's <gasps> I weird. love it.
2: Stronger.
1: So she's not talking.
0: I, I There's was list- a lot
2: of memes of... of Trying to recreate how she sounds, but in a written way, and it's so funny to see them all the time, <laughs> like with the strong Icelandic accent and trying to recreate it, but written. It's so funny. Do you know do you,
0: the the youth like Björk?
2: Yeah, she's she's one of the diva queen icons. at Well, in my world, at least, like really, yeah. Um, I, I think yeah.
0: No, I... Oh, I feel I, I happy. Went, Me and my wife went to see Björk a few years ago, and we 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 got a babysitter, because, you know, consciously, she <laughs> went on their
2: own. And we said
0: to the babysitter, who's like 19, it's so, like, yeah, we're going to see Björk. So, who? <laughs>
1: Björk? What? <laughs> Björk? What? No idea. It's... And what sucked is for a while, especially for millennials, Bjork was this person that was parodied by uh, a comedian, Joaquin Reyes. On uh, he'd, he'd do these characters, he'd, celebrities and he did a celebrity dedicated to Bjork so hola soy Bjork <laughs> and, and then she was just this kind of uh, the butt end of this um, she was like a running gag kind of thing and it was very hard to watch <laughs> it's like <laughs> some show some respect <laughs> she's one of the greatest of all time so yes um, uh, Mark yeah. I feel
2: <laughs> well at least to the girls and the gays is a, the queen oh, she yes. is, has always been
1: well, apart from um, Björk memes um, <laughs> in, in Icelandic, uh, you know, as phonetic Icelandic, another thing that seems to be trending on social media, well, Mara is going to tell us all about it. Tell me about
2: I'm nervous today because <laughs> this is like a realization I had the other day. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so clever. Um, I have to talk about this in the weekly review. Um, I, I don't know, it's something I, I've, I thought about like a whole afternoon but it was like a last week or something. And when I had to write it down, I was like, is it that clever? Is it that, that moment when you're in the moment and you think, oh, my God, yeah, yeah, totally. And then a few weeks later, you're talking with friends or something and you have to explain it back. And it's like, as you are explaining, it, you're like, maybe it's not that good. <laughs> and I feel like maybe that's the case. But I want to hype you up, so I'm going to say no. It's super interesting what I'm about to say. So You're about
0: to reference a French philosopher. This is awesome. Yeah. I, you know? I
2: have someone to back me up to be like, yeah, maybe it is clever. I don't know. And maybe I'm just trying to make a puzzle of stuff that doesn't make sense at all. But the thing is, okay, you have Instagram, both of you. Maybe yeah. you don't have the same Instagram as I have, like at the same feed of people. But a few weeks ago, like when... Summer was ending and September was beginning. Everyone posted their photo dumps, so like a carousel of photos yeah. of their like summers, like, but like a nonchalant carousel of photos. Like, oh, maybe it's a blurry picture of blurry my friends,
1: <laughs> oh.
2: a, a photo of like just eaten spaghettis, and it's just the empty dish um, and yeah. with the feel, or
1: even worse, in a Tupperware, in a, On tu- a Tupperware, oh.
2: like a bit disgusting, but. In a quirky way, yeah, um,
1: relatable way, relate-
2: yeah, relatable. But at the same time, you could never like. I'm. J- I have a special life, but yeah. Well, I wanted to do mine. Okay, I wanted to be <laughs> part of that. I'm like. I was. I. I need to post my photo of my summer with my quirky photos and my. Whatever, I'm not a a slave of social media because I post pictures you wouldn't normally post on social media. I'm so different, but I want to do the same thing everyone's doing. And the thing that got me spiraling is that doing something as stupid as that, as being like, oh, social media is not important to me because I'm posting these stupid photos, took me like a whole <laughs> afternoon. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not damn. kidding. It, it was not like a thing of like, oh, these few photos I like, I have saved of my on my phone. It, it took me like scrolling through all my pictures and um, having different compositions, then thinking one what didn't fit enough, one didn't, maybe was not the vibe I wanted to put, out uh, enough One something was off about it then starting again then and not to mention that it like the other failed attempts I had days before, previous to that like the day I posted that was the day I was like fed up with everything and and decided to post it at the end but there were other days where I tried to post a photo of them, and I couldn't because I was like, oh, something's off, I cannot do it, I, well, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so it's it, uh, it's lame, and that's my whole point. Like, it's not something I'm trying to hide. Like, I'm here to, to, to just point out that nothing is spontaneous. And I'm not saying, like, oh, have you noticed social media is not spontaneous? Like, we all know it's not. Like, uh, it's a point that has been made by several other influencers, like... Not that I'm one, but also several influencers who have gone like, guys, this is not reality. Like behind the scenes of uh, of posting on Instagram when you're a professional and takes a lot of time, blah blah blah. There's a lot of them that have like quote unquote come clean about being an influencer and stuff. We have seen that this mm, course been talked about like a lot of times. But that's not my point exactly. My point is that, that what I thought what's interesting is that it took me a long time. Some someone who's no one. I'm not a professional in, influencer. I'm me talking in a as a in the voice of a full generation. I like as a Gen Z person. Like <laughs> and I'm gonna talk for everyone now. I'm, I'm I give myself this power. Um, like the, we're supposed to to like make fun of show, social media and, and pretending like all this extreme curation and extreme Polishness of the OG influencers and the OG Instagram influencer culture, like extreme vacation pictures in um, Tulum and all these exotic places and very post pictures and outfits only for pictures. Like we're supposed to be making fun of that. But at the same, like being a bit of like brandless as, as someone, I read an article that said on The Atlantic that is called The Personal Brand Is That. Ah. And the author um, argued that being visible, relatable or cohesive, like having a, a cohesive personality online is something that is boring to Gen Z. And they find it, quote unquote, natural and confusing and ins- find it natural to be confusing and inscrutable online and it feels like yes that's that's what i feel i'm trying to do like uh, that's what i i don't pretend uh, it's not my intention to be cohesive and and have like an aesthetic to me or yeah. or have like a like a brand that people associate me with like some influencers maybe their brand is is going a lot on on hikes or having a feed that is um very pink or special like something special about them. I I I feel mm. like to Gen Z and me and and maybe some of my friends, like we kind of have fun on being a bit more confusing and and now, now I'm go- now it's the part where I get academic. So if you uh, let me, oh. I'm going to be one of the people who intellectualize everything that's online. So that is the moment, Um maybe if, even if it doesn't make sense, I'm, I'm just because I feel like this realization, my year of realizing uh, realizing things, as Kylie Jenner would say, um, has to do a lot with someone that something that um, French philosopher Pierre Bourdieu. Um, already mm. talked about and, and theorized, um, and he basically his whole point was uh, taste is just an expression of class, um, class status, and power. So um, not if you that means that if you think you have your own personal taste or you like something, at the end of the day, it's always related to cultural capital of that. Of, yeah. of that thing, of that movie you like, of that whatever, whatever. If you go to the root of it, it always has something to do um, of cultural capital. Well, I'm going to literally quote him because he maybe um, is easier to understand better than me <laughs> trying <laughs> to explain him. He said, Art and cultural consumption are predisposed, consciously or not, to fulfill a, fo- a social function of le- legitimizing social differences. So... Um, now that Godard is dead, um, <laughs> saying he's my favorite director, it's like legitimizing that I'm on a social scale different than maybe uh, my neighbor who says he's... Uh, favorite movie is Superbad or something like that, even though mm-hmm. Superbad is so much better than Godard's movies. So
1: wow! <laughs> so, <laughs> I love you, Mark. That's brave, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I haven't seen all of Godard's but I have seen Joe <laughs> Exactly.
2: Exactly. Um, so in that sense, the object of taste, which in this case, in this case would be a movie, but a song, whatever, whatever, um, intrinsically, at the end, it's worthless, and it it's nothing, um, and, and it only means something in relation to other objects, um, in relation to superbat, which is lower on the cultural capital scale, and all of that. So you understand, more or less. I,
0: I have a small objection.
2: Okay, yeah.
0: So if we're saying the object of taste is gains meaning only in relation to other objects of taste, mm-hmm. so we're saying that it doesn't have an intrinsic kind no. of value to it, How would you then rank, for example, Goddard's films if we say they both have the same kind of like similar kind of intrinsic, uh, similar kind of cultural value as relates to other? Surely within his work... There's
2: always a way to compare an object of taste to other objects of, of taste. So if you say, oh, the last Goddard film is the best, maybe someone who has more references and knows more other objects of taste, he can say, no, the last one is the worst because it doesn't relate to that movie, that blah, blah, blah. And you have to, it's references within references within references and to prove to others, like, I have more more cultural capital. I have more access to references to be able to say whatever, this is good and this is bad.
1: It's also kind of saying, I've had more... Time because of my social position to watch movies exactly at four in the afternoon than you who've had to work and work and work and only have time to watch a football match yeah on a in a bar that,
2: yeah that that's, that's proving like I have cultural capital because I have probably economic capital because I probably blah 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 it's I can all afford related to go to yeah. film school as much as yeah. you know. I yeah. exactly so following this this theory like in this Bourdieu esque kind of mindset. A very curated, very branded presence of line is also an exhibition of objects of taste. Like if I go to Salida Can Roca and I post a picture of my dinner there or a story like casually I'm here is a, a proof of... Um, Cultural, social, um, economic capital, and mm-hmm. um, the museums I visit, the things I do on my free time, the places I go on holiday—everything is just a uh, proof of, of my um, capital. And once you realize that, once that your social media exposure is just proving other people your forms of capital, mm. once you realize that, then you can, um, like rebel against it. Be like, I don't want to play that game. I I don't want to prove people if um, I do that in my free time, I'm better than people that don't do that. Like, I, for example, and that's been historically, not only on social media, like, for example, camp is a reaction to, like, aesthetics, like, more, like, curated, I don't know how to... Academic good taste, you know, And and then camp is like, let's celebrate the grotesque, like, let's do... Like, the other way around. Um, So on social media, it's kind of the same thing, like... I'm going to post a picture of my Tupperware being dirty and disgusting because I don't want to play the game in which I have to prove to you that I go to this restaurant or that I know about cuisine or that I know about movies or that I l- I'm best friends with this person. Yeah. I don't want to play that game. I just want to put a picture of a dead spider in my bedroom. Yeah. Um. And And this is like what Gen Z is doing. I feel like as a generation... We're on the wave of reacting to the old generation, which is um, this OG influencer kind of um, mindset, um, high aesthetics, whatever.
1: Symmetrical photo. Yeah. The photo p- done with a proper camera and then you upload it to the Exactly. Insta- a-, a feed
2: that is cohesive, that is nice to look at mm. when you go to the page. So it feels like now we're on an era of a reaction to that. Um and young people um, presenting themselves on, on on the Internet in a way that is confusing also allows them to speak to people who will understand. Like they're putting barriers to people who don't speak that le- like they're talking to people who have reached this like conclusion, I feel like, and, and, and not allowing people... To understand them if they don't want to, I feel like they're protecting themselves. Like if there's, they have their own inside jokes. They're glorify very specific random personalities, like Trisha Paytas, Wendy Williams, Angel Mami, who is the TikToker, random <laughs> TikToker. Like if you go on the internet and see that picture and you don't know who they are, you're like, okay, uh, whatever. I scroll through. I don't care. But I see that and I recognize. A lot of other meaning behind it, and it's far, it's like a community. I feel like, and it feels like they're refusing. Like they're what they're trying to do is refusing to play this game. But and here's I'm going to end now. Don't worry, my point and and the whole realization thing I had the other day. It's like even if you run run the most hyper niche meme account, and you wear ugly clothes, and you post post ironic um, pictures, and on your photo them and you have a random picture of Trisha Peters in the middle of the photo dam without context, uh, it doesn't matter how much you effort you put into escaping the game. You're just playing another. S- side of the of another side of the same coin you understand what I'm like exactly yeah uh, you're influenced
0: by the same impulses but just reacting another way
2: yeah saying oh you're trying to I don't know prove your cultural capital by posting this whatever and I'm going to do the other way around is also a lot of cultural capital like I have the tools to understand that and reverse the coin but I'm just playing within the same coin like you're a reaction yeah it's it's not that rebellious or that much playing against influencer culture, creating a post that it was supposed to be ugly, but staying a whole afternoon in your bed curate, curating which one is more ugly and which one makes it more understandable to the crowd of people that you want to be understood by um and then losing. Three days thinking of that and thinking which one's more camp or whatever you want to call it. And that's not playing against the the game at all. Like it's just, uh, is well, as the article says itself, uh, as the article says, is itself a kind of cultural cap- capital, a covert assertion a of status who pleasures them even more stem even more directly from undermining the security of others people cultural capital. So it's doubly snob. It's ah. like being I'm so snob that I'm making fun of you for being like playing that game. Like yep. I, I and, and that realization made me wanna rip my head out. Like that's yeah. I it's it's horrible. Like nobody's special. Why does anyone Everything they're special. You're not special, you're not special, you're not special, I'm not special, nobody's special. And at max, I will allow you to be a pretentious little freak with an internet <laughs> connection because there's no match, to, there's nothing else to that. Like, it doesn't matter if you're Bella Hadid in your ugly outfit being like, oh, I'm not like other models. I wear the ugliest clothes because I'm a little bit weird and different. It doesn't matter if you're the skater at Magba who only posts blurry pictures of dead pigeons on the street or me posting a stupid photo that took me a whole afternoon with my (laughs) not your typical summer (laughs) pictures because I post this blurry picture of me and this ugly car that I saw on the street. It doesn't matter any of that because I'm not more different than anybody. Why did I ever think that? Why did you ever think that? You're just like the influencer that uses the filter to make every photo fit correctly in her feed. And I'm just like that couple from my high school that posts only mm, selfies with their selfie stick on vacation. And I think, oh, my God, they're so local. And I'm just like (laughs) every other person (laughs) on earth. And that's okay. (laughs) Why would I ever think that uh, like that's so pretentious, like I think the best way, like, I just know, I don't know, I want to go to the beach and have my mom take a picture of me smiling next to some mm, historic monument or something. And and that's it. Yes, I've been on vacation. Look, I've been to the Tour Eiffel. This is me smiling next to the Tour Eiffel. And that's it. Yeah. uh, Why why do we think we're going against anything or, or being like more clever when it's the same game? I don't know.
0: Do you know what th- th- this reminds me of a little bit? Do uh, you know that episode of The Simpsons, Homer Palooza, where Marge is trying to work out if she's cool?
1: No,
2: which one?
0: You know the one where they go to Lollapalooza basically, and there's there's a there's an exchange at the end that I really really like, um, which I've actually uh, I've brought it up so I can tell you. So Marge goes, "Am I cool, kids, Bart and Lisa?" No. Marge. Good, I'm glad. And that's what makes me cool. Not caring, right? Bart and Lisa. No. Marge. Well, how the hell do you be cool? I feel like we've tried everything here. Homer. Wait, Marge. Maybe if you're truly cool, you don't need to be told you're cool. Bart. Well, sure you do. Lisa, how else would you know?
2: That's exactly my point. Well, I should have said just read that and that that would be like all everything I said within the last hour that I've been talking. But yeah, that perfectly encapsulates what I meant
1: but see in between the, those, the extreme of the action and the reaction those who are heavily curated and those who deliberately make their fa- facemo no mm-hmm. they make their instagram posts ugly or blurry photos or a photo mm. of something just totally quotidien there's i love those people with maybe 90 followers or 40 followers, or 500, Mm -hmm. you know, know, just normal people who are not public personas, they're not influencers, and you look at their feed and it's just photos of them walking their dog, like all the photos of of the dog, of the flower they saw, and it's totally honest, like it's a person, it's people who have no kind of, they don't use Instagram pretentiously. It's like, well, you know, everyone has Instagram. I'm going to have yeah, one. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm my sorry, my but you
0: cannot be completely honest on Instagram because, yeah, or oh, I can show you a couple. No, of No, you can't. Because everyone yeah. decides what they what they're going to put up. So yeah. you cannot be honest. You have to make consciously make a decision. You're going to put something up. So you cannot you cannot be totally honest. It's absolutely impossible because there's a barrier. You have to do something. It's not mm-hmm. like just plugging directly. But into understanding
2: your brain. that and being like, yeah, Instagram is a little fake, and I don't care. Like I'm, I have fun. Like that's the thing. I'm not saying abolish Instagram. If you want to be rebellious, <laughs> d- delete all your social media. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh, let's have fun. Like we're, you're not doing nothing special by posting on that cigarette you saw on the street. Just do whatever. I. Uh, I don't care. Like, have fun. Did you have fun? I didn't have fun the last time. I had a horrible time. So not, that made me think, I want to have fun on Instagram. I don't want to have a horrible time spending three afternoons thinking, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And that's it. I just want to have fun on Instagram again. Stop being pretentious and mm. stupid snobs. That's well, for me.
1: To round that out, uh, this summer I dis- discovered my favorite person on Instagram. His name is Soitiette. Uh, I think he's from Philippines or Indonesia. Oh, it's the one on, on who
2: sings rosalias
0: song for you, 30, Happy birthday, Carrie, queen of happy family. You're so beautiful and wonderful. Love from Jim Ollivin, Hendrix and Quinn. Happy birthday,
2: Carrie.
1: He usually says like, "I love bitches and I love you." He, and it, it's, got, it's got You have
2: amazing taste because he's on Rosalía's "Moto Mami album. He's um, the one on "Keep It Cute." No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, no. The, the song "Cute," he it's has yet. Um, no. Sampled. no. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
1: god! I'm so you made me so happy. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't figure it out. But all of a sudden, it's like he's got the same kind of melodic register a little bit as like young Michael Jackson like Jackson 5 Michael Jackson Like yeah, he's got uh, and, and, and apparently he, does, like, he must make some money from this I think he he dedicates your birthday like if you send him he's like how much does it cost to send like wish Ben a happy birthday I, I'm gonna try have um, you ever looked into that like cameo and stuff
2: I I wanted to like yeah it's an app you can ask famous people to like yeah. do special requests like oh. tell tell my grandson congratulations for graduating it's, and you have some random actor who's not making a lot of money yeah um do that for you it's in exchange like, oh. for I don't know a rate of ten dollars depending on depending the on you know how uh, how
0: popular you are and yeah. stuff wow it's 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 kind of
1: awesome kind of makes my soul want to die. Basically. Oh, I but I love fun. I love like famous people who are on low hours and and uh, you know they have to resort to these kind of things to like, get <laughs> yeah, a bit it of, kind a of a makes like Evan Dando's on it and it's like oh, yeah like but yeah, who else was it who was oh, oh yeah what's that documentary about Val Kilmer and you know how he was talking you know because he's had a he had throat cancer and he, he, he can't speak he he can barely speak he he has a special audio thing and um, and he was you know having to go on nostalgia tours, signing um um posters of old films he's done and
0: so Tiet's on it. He's on it, is he? Yes, yes. Uh, it is nice. Okay. 19- so
2: can we Tiet. do like a GoFundMe or something so we can ask Tiet to do like a jingle for the weekly review or something. Oh. Only 129 euros. Okay. Let's, 129 euros yeah. let's ask yeah. for for, <laughs>
1: for a dedic for a for a video for one of his yeah. dedic- dedications. Yeah. Hundred and twenty nine euros this guy's making a lot of money because he uh, he's got just 129 tons. euros is quite quite low for cameo and yeah but in Philippines or Indonesia that's a lot of money in in wherever he lives you know it's, it's, it, and I this mean, guy lives in like this in the dun- well he's filming yeah. himself in the jungle all the time Vietnam
2: maybe Ted I Nugent's on
1: 300 plus Evan Dando's 500 it's
0: am- it it is amazing if you've never if you've never checked it out Kenny G's 350 euros plus 350 that's that's low for Kennedy Collins only 75 euros it's unbelievable
1: wow Um, damn it we don't have much time to talk about our album of the week which was Oliver Sims uh, hideous bastard Um, but we're going to prepare the song to fade out with um, romance with a memory David and all I do do we do you want to say something quick about it we've got less than a minute I
0: think it's an absolutely lovely album I think um, the it's a really nice um, combination of beautiful Jamie xx production with Oliver Sim singing. I think you can really tell that they know each other. They're they're friendly. They've got like a brilliant sort of creative relationship. I think it's quite it's quite bold in a lot of the things it says. Um, you know, the title and talking about uh, being HIV positive
1: um, and that feeling of hideousness, no, that he he carried for so long. You know, it's such a brave. It's such a brave statement and it ma- imagine what people who suffer the same thing or suffer in silence, uh, what what the relatability with this album, I think it's a very important record in pop music. And I love the way he duets with himself as well. Yeah, I, I missed the duet from Romy. I mean, it, it, they can't be doing everything together all the time, uh, the XX, but they, they end up always, you know, Romy featured on Jamie XX's solo albums and, and Jamie, X, Jamie Smith produces all of their stuff uh when they're not doing stuff with the xx uh I, I i just have so much faith in these three individuals and i love this album uh it's got look so, as an album uh, as a complete album so it doesn't feel that 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 strong even though it's got like loads of strong songs but there's a couple of mm, songs in there that feel like unfinished sketches uh I mm, but 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 in def- I'd give it a 7 out of 10 because of that. It's a very strong debut album.
0: What I would say is rather than buying yourself a cameo from Cappadonna, X of Wu Tang Clan for 75 euros, or from Danny Filth, lead singer of Cradle of Filth, buy a nice deluxe edition of this album. So I'm a bit obsessed with cameo. Now I've, got, now I've opened it up. I can't yeah, yeah, <laughs> stop scrolling.
1: Let, let's hit that cameo. Thank you all for listening. This was the weekly review with Marvai Verdú, Ben Cardew, Johan Wald, and David Camilleri on the tech.
0: My taste for
1: Disinterest The lack of a kiss Stake more than a thousand RPS, R-P-S.